Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And it's the one you've all been waiting for. There's been plenty of talk on Twitter the last two days, obviously. Brock's explosion about Game 3. Yeah, well, I've had a little bit of time to settle down, but... No, nah, there'll be no settling I'm still uh, fairly pissed off. I'm going to poke and prod and get you going fairly in a moment's time, off. but uh, to sum things up, State of Origin is over for another year, and for all you New South Wales fans out there, you've been scorned again. 11 of the last 12 we have now lost, and uh, how we went from the peak of Mount Everest in Game 1 to the peaks of an anthill in Game 3 pretty much sums up New South Wales... Uh, the poor effort, no development, and the piss-poor coaching that we've been complaining about the whole time. Pretty much. Things completely fell apart. And just from the word go, I'm going to go there straight away and say, anybody out there, again, whinging about refs, whinging about decisions, anything like this, or having any excuses, that just sums up my massive rant that I've had before, and I will have it again, about the bullshit culture that New South Wales has, and we always find a reason to blame it and put it elsewhere. I reckon there's two two refereeing fuck-ups in that game. first one was, the I thought Valentine Holmes dropped it, but... It was 50-50. He got sent up a try. You know, even the Queensland um, the Queensland fans, I guess, would have been questioning that one, probably thinking they got away with that one. It was it was lucky. Uh, but sent up a try. Got to live with it. It was a try. The other one I thought was an obstruction line ran. I think it was by Matt Gillette on Jared Hayne when Slater went through. But by that stage, the game was gone anyway. It was Chambers. I watched it Chambers, again. Sorry. And I've watched the replay in slow motion. Hayne's eyes are all for Chambers. Yeah, but he's planted. not allowed to run into him. I get that. But he's bit on it like hard. He planted it. doesn't matter. There. He's still not allowed to run into him. Well, I kept watching it. And all I thought was, why did you jump into the pocket of your inside man and hit that front runner? Like, I, I get where you're coming from. But every time I watched it, it mm. just looks like he's bit in and made but a outside shit, of that, like. The refereeing is a refereeing, and the, the refereeing up there is totally different. We won the penalty count. Yeah, right. Uh, I just well, uh, yeah. Let's not even go there. Let's um, not talk about the refs. exactly. I think the probably the first thing we need to do is give Queensland a rap well, because they I, were they were great. This is what I was getting to. All in all, you're talking about a side that has used 26 players, debuted eight players, started the series without Matt Scott. Jonathan Thurston, Greg Inglis, turned over Nate Miles, Sam Thiday, Jacob Lilliman, Corey Oates, Aiden Guerra. They come back in game two with Thurston and Slater and the, the fresh legs after game one. Rightfully so, we questioned those older blokes and the pick and stick, and they're usually good at knowing when to turn them over. They didn't, and they got blown away by our forwards. Game two, they held in. They did what they always do. They absorbed. They found a way to win that game in the critical moments, as they always do. And then game three, they've just came out up there and taught us a lesson. They were absolutely outstanding. Yeah. That's probably the and easiest way to sum up the three games. Yeah. I, look, I, I could pick holes in them all day, but in the end, they won the series. So, uh, incredible. To, for the way that, uh, that... Look, they fucked up first game, Queensland, picking that side, not having Slater in it. We, we sort of picked holes in, yeah. and in the, the side they picked first game. 
Uh, second game was probably their best side that they named. They had Thurston in that side along with Boyd, and then they had those guys go out. Munster comes in, and we make him look like a superstar. Uh, we didn't go anywhere near Munster and Morgan to test them defensively. Twice they did it, and on both occasions, Morgan rushed in not knowing what he was doing uh, to the point where if we could have put some structure and actually then played at that same edge again on the next play, we would have found some love there. But we had zero tactics in terms of how to... Uh, take advantage of the little mismatches that were available to us within the Queensland side because of those guys going out. Uh, but that, that, and that all comes back to, firstly, the coaching, and secondly, the key position players who have to be put in a position or put under the responsibility to execute that when they take it out on the field. So my question in lies in that, is it Laurie Daly that doesn't have the tactical nous, which I think, yeah, it is, and therefore, if that's the case, then Pierce and Maloney are getting set up to fail when they go out on the field. Like, this bombing tactic is fucking embarrassing. How we just... And I've got it here. I went through all, all of New South Wales sets, and pretty much every set finished with either a kick to the corner or a bomb. Mm, that's all we did. Every set. All we did was bomb. We set it before... Like, do we need to cut a piece of fucking grass out, pick it up and throw it in front of Maloney and Pierce, and say, this is what the ball's supposed to land on? Yep. Well, that's basically... Like I said, everyone out there again, and I've already read enough of the bloody Mitchell Pierce memes. I'm going to throw it there again. Mitchell Pierce, Adam Reynolds, Josh Reynolds, the Hodkinson argument, all your other bullshit. Let's just go back and reflect on it quite simply. The series we won, Cronk had a broken arm. They picked Cherry Evans over Hunt at the time when Hunt was killing it when they shouldn't have. We only just won. He was injured, and the only reason we won is because we turned it into an absolute shit fight, and Trent Hodkinson ran for the first time in his career and slid through and scored a try. Jared what Hayden, was the score? 12 10 or something, wasn't it? The second game, we yeah. won like 6 0 or 6 4 or something. Jared yeah. Hayne was next worldly for two games and won that series. I'm reading nothing into it. Yeah. And I'll say it again and I'll say it to anybody out there. Put any of those guys in, bar that one little blip on the radar for this whole series. Mitchell Pierce is not to blame for us losing. And it pisses me off even more. And you should piss everyone off that's played a game of rugby league. And for half the keyboard warriors or even journalists that have no fucking idea with some of the articles I've read, it's a fucking team sport. Mm. And we just blame the halfback. Where was Fafita and Woods the other night? What do you expect your halfback to do, or your halves and your spine in general, with the go forward we had the other night? Honestly, yeah. Look, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to blame Pierce for the loss, but I think Pierce is on notice oh, he because was, he, uh, he he didn't poor. have he didn't have his uh, best. Oh, look, I don't think he was yeah poor. Like he sort of made some made a bad defensive decision when Munster went through to set up the Holmes try, sort of bit in. Uh, looked at some stages like he was trying too hard, but you can't you can't win games behind a forward pack that isn't going forward. And you, if you want to attribute blame anywhere, it, it comes down to Woods and Fafita for mine. Yeah. In the platform they laid, I thought Trebojevic and Clemmer, without being yeah, I, I don't I wouldn't call them outstanding, but I thought they did their job much better than the other guys did. Um, yeah, I mean, the only try we could we could muster up was off a kick. Well, I've basically got it here, and it's pretty straightforward. Anyone that watched it, we were completely blown away. And our middles were awful. Uh, set finishes were terrible. We were one out all day. We had yeah, that. but go, that's, that's the point. Yeah, I get that. One out. So many errors, so many misses. And the other thing is what I was saying to you on the night and just being up there and the whole occasion and why I tipped Queensland. There was no passion, no desire, there was no aggression, and we just looked overwhelmed. We looked like a club game, like blokes should just turn up to do their job for a week and they were happy to be there. Mm. And we got blown off the park. This small, undersized forward pack, all the questions that were thrown at them, they just ate us up. They come at us one out. And then the other thing, and if anyone hasn't figured it out by now, it's not hard to see. There's Melbourne influence on that coaching staff and obviously Melbourne influence in the spine and a couple of players there. If you're going to run one out into Queensland, much like that side, they're the best at wrestling. 
Yeah, and the fact that we decided just to go one out all night the other night and wonder why we couldn't get a penalty or a quick play the ball, you're asking for it. You were just feeding into what they wanted Laurie, to do. Laurie Daly is full time in that job. He is full time. Full time in that job. He has 12 months. Full time and comes up with that. Yeah. That. And to me, coaching is adjustments. And we made fucking no adjustments at half time. No, we, we didn't. We came out and did exactly the same thing. Even though exactly the, what we were doing in the second half fucking didn't work in game uh, first half of game three. Didn't work in the majority of game two. It worked in game one because they picked the wrong team. Simple as that. It was a yep. mismatch. We blew away an old, tired set of legs that just couldn't keep up with us. And then for the other two games, they were more than competitive, more aggressive, better line speed, and they blew us away. And honestly, Cameron Smith just got two fingers and jammed us. And yeah, but before you even go into the like the tactics of the game, the passion... The enthusiasm, it was a fucking inept display from the players. The players have to take some of the responsibility. 100%. Most of the responsibility. Starfish. Regardless of the uh, tactics and the game plan that you're given, when you go out on the field, you've got a job. You're representing the state. Mm. There's got to be an element of passion. You're up there, you've got backs against the walls, and you come out and you play like pussies. I'm going to say it. They played like pussies. They did. It was pathetic. Uh, there was one set there where... Uh, I think Corner come up, put a good shot on. Graham come up, put a good shot on. We got a little bit of line speed. We revved up a little bit. We looked like we're going to... It was 12-6 at that point. Then Graham gives away a dumb stripping penalty. And that was it. The gas went out of us. And we went back to those little selfish, soft plays, giving away penalties and piggybacking them down the field. But all tactics aside, the players... It was was inept. I, I don't understand. I'd love to know what they did at training for the... The entire series, because they got worse as the series went on. Well, do you know it sums up the whole performance? And again, what I'm getting at, the whole culture of our team and the individual mentality and just being childish and selfish and individuals compared to them ripping in for each other, doing all the one percenters. When the game was effectively over at 22 to 6, the first thing that happens off the short kickoff is Fafita grabs Munster, jumps on the back of his head, yeah, puts him elbows him, and tries yeah. to start a fight. And what did Queensland do? Exactly what they do as a team. Six of them come in straight away to defend their mate. Yeah. He's standing there trying to start a fight, carrying on like a selfish grab. Well, I don't understand. Like, you're going to throw an elbow in the 72nd minute. How about you put a shot on in the first minute? And How about that? It sums us up. And the other one for me, and I said at the start, I wouldn't have picked him. I just would have started Bird. Jared Hayne. Mate, I know he's been the NFL or this, but the superstar slash individual selfish culture and the I get tackled, don't touch me and whinge to the referee, just everything about his performance and everything about him in general is about Jared. There's nothing about the state. When he scored that try, jumping up the fence, carrying like a peanut, everything was about Jared. And that's the kind of thing, the Fafita effort, just there's lots of little things again. There's still... Even though we nutted out a couple of blokes that needed to go and Farrah and Gallon and all that, we still have a shit culture. Well, the best, we still have some individuals. The best sporting cultures in the world have a no dickhead policy. Yeah, and we've the still way that he's. Dickheads. Yeah, we've still got dickheads in our team. Uh, and that's the sad part when I watch guys like Trebojevic, like Clemmer come out and carry. When I watch Jackson shooting up and trying to make one out efforts. And you know what, Boyd Cordner, I'm happy to say, he made a couple of poor errors. He missed a couple of lines. Yeah, he made, missed a couple of tackles. But for a bloke who. Had a poor week, hasn't played for three, uh, you know, three weeks, four weeks. I thought he, he tried his ass off, but yeah, and he wasn't one hundred percent fit. There's a handful that, of that guys that comes back to daily. Like yep. if you know he's not one hundred percent fit, you make the call and you don't pick him. Yeah, and Frizzell, I thought Frizzell had a couple of good carries there, but same deal. He had three needles just to play that game. So yeah. I felt sorry for a couple of individuals, but as a whole, um, there's still some selfish guys there that shouldn't be in the side. But um, yeah, I, I guess, again, like we're talking about, that, that culture, it was on display again for all to see. And all the people that dejected on them picking a Jared Wallace or a Tim Glasby, you were embarrassed the other night. Because another thing that sums up the difference between the two sides, 
The moment that pass hit Gillette in the head, what did all the New South Wales players do? Bitch and moan to the ref, look at him, die on the play. What did the Queenslanders do? Yeah, push through. Who swooped on the ball, ran. If it was anybody but Glasby, that was a try. Yeah. But the difference between us and the game was on because there was four or five New South Wales guys in camera shot, arms up, sir, sir. Well, guess what? The Queensland player did. He picked mm. the ball up, he took it to the bank, and the only reason they didn't score that try is because Michael Morgan was standing in front of Cameron Smith. I know people go, oh, Smith should have passed it. Yeah. He was standing in front of him. Yeah, he but, overran it. Honestly, getting into the game now that we've had a bit of fire going off, we were completely blown away. The middles, like we said, were awful. Uh, set finishes, the one-outs, errors, missed tackles, just all things aside. But honestly, the second phase play and the momentum that they generated from two passes and playing direct, Smith was just absolutely pulling us apart. The way he manipulated the ruck, um, how many times they got to that right-hand side and had Jared Hayne just turning out every single time. Him and Maloney we were just getting absolutely piggybacked on. And then the left-hand side, same deal. Because of this stupid slide defense, the three meters that Munster got and just broke two or three tackles and stood there mm. and offloaded a couple of times. I don't understand the slide tactic. And the other one for me, like we said about Aaron Woods, for feet up, just picked apart in the middle. And uh, at the point in time that probably sums something up for me for Aaron Woods, he was at marker. He didn't try to get square. He flopped in on a tackle when Cameron Smith took off. It was fourth tackle. Instead of copping the penalty and stopping him, he just touched him, pulled his hands back, let him run. Mm. And after that, they go and they basically try to score off the back of that play. Um, or I think that may have been the one. We got away with that one, I think. I think the one where Woods fell off was where he passed it back to Slater and Cronk slid over the top of the ball. But yeah. that kind of moment. Yeah, but again, it's on the back of a try. The it, first try, that was just, that was uh, the second. Like That's on the back of the home try. So home scores, and then they go and do that yeah. onto the set after us. Like, that should be the set where you're most aware and most switched on and most focused and to shut it down. And yet we give up another line break. Yeah, and again, another line break for Cameron Smith was a clean line break on poor Boyd Cordner. But the difference, again, they pushed in numbers, got a little bit of doubt created there. Jackson bit in on someone, Cordner held out. He slid straight through, gave it to Papali, who settled. And that's the other difference between us and them. They settled on the play. Cooper Cronk knocks that beautiful kick in, but you press pause on that and wonder why Blake Ferguson's 15 metres infield tucked in behind Dugan. And you really want to go, like, before the Holmes try, we uh, we had a seven-tackle set, the yep. set before Holmes scored. Yep. And we make an error in that set. Like, just kill yourself. Mm. So, and then again, yeah, they had, the, they had the, the Cronk try disallowed through the drop. And then on the back of that, we go, again, another one-out set into yep. an ineffective, ineffective, a complete set, then this is my gut, even Gus in the commentary. Oh, the, you know, New South Wales completions. <laughs> completions mean fuck all unless you're doing something with the ball. And yeah. we were doing zero with the ball. So I took um, I took effective set ends as a stat. Yeah. And for me, we had 34 uses of the footy only on 17 occasions. So 50% of the time, we actually ended the set effectively. Incredible. Explain that to people, though, what that so is. So effecti- effective means that, well, but it's, it's a stat that, you know, I sort of use and, yeah, a lot of NRL clubs use. It's Ivan Cleary first, like, sort of introduced me to it and we use it a lot in the 20s. But it means that if, it, if it's an effective, if it's effective yeah. it means that you, you, you finish it with a good kick and you win tackles one, one and two, two in defence. So, firstly, you've got to end the set well with yeah. a kick, have a good chase, and win those next two tackles. And you kill them their set, basically, yeah, to put yourself yeah. in a better so position. Yeah, so only 50% of the time we could do that. Yeah. 50% of the time. Yeah, it's disgraceful. And Incredible. The difference, again, between us and them, no kick pressure on Cameron Munster, who doesn't really kick for Melbourne. He dropped it on a dime, and I can't remember off the top of my head because I lost track, but I think 
we only started two sets maybe outside our 20. And I think for them, they pinned us inside 10 at least five times and inside 20 another four or five. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, they constantly got outside 20 and they had were, good They were starts. pretty much starting on our 30. 30 every single And time. we were starting inside our 20. Um, yeah, and again, that comes down to the shit kick tactics. But uh, honestly, the other side of it that makes it really, really sad, they've been very, very good in yardage the whole set, in particular Gagai and Chambers, but they ran harder than our props did. Yeah, they did. Um, and that's pretty sad when you've got a couple of small guys and... Uh, it's very, very frustrating, but uh, I, I was kind of happy that he got Trebojevic and Clemmer on earlier and gave them a decent stint because, honestly, I didn't want to see Fafida and Woods for a long time after that first stint. They were mm. disgraceful and the way they got pulled apart and the offloads in the middle and the amount of second efforts we had to make just absolutely killed our side. Um, the slide defense, again, I'll argue with anybody until I'm blue in the face who wants to argue about that. It doesn't work. It really doesn't, it doesn't work. work. Jared Haynes slide. And it, the, the summary of that is Morgan's first try. When Morgan runs... Off that offload that Billy Slater created again, getting our middles caught up to create that offload. Yeah, we have a two-on-two with an inside trail, which was Mitchell Pierce to cover the inside runner. Yeah, and what ends up happening is so Morgan, you go up square and you make the two v two. Morgan's on Dugan, but Dugan's already turned out. You know the person who turns out, which I never get with slide defense. Ferguson. Ferguson's yeah. going to the sideline yeah. where there's no space. Yeah. All he has to do is jam in. Is jam in and solve yeah. the problem. By the time they finally get there, it's a two-on-one. Morgan's as strong as an ox. He's not a general five-eight. Yeah, sticks his arm out, gives it to Holmes. Full credit to him. He beats the inside trail, yeah. but we never should have been caught in the position to need the inside trail of Pierce. And you once it's say, two v two, you go up and make a one v one tackle. It's stick. not hard. Yeah, not hard at all. And that's Barry basic. Like under 15s teams are getting taught that. Yep, um, pathetic. But yeah, again, difference in kicks is the big one. Again, they pinned us inside 10, 20 so many times. Tedesco, I thought, had a pretty good game considering he had no opportunity. He covered up just about anything he could. But yeah, again, he's um, he's on the, the he's, only real play we had was that double block bullshit sweeping him out the back. Like he needed to be in the middle of the field with our forwards getting some ruck momentum. Like if our forwards were pushing in two with Tedesco around the ball, then we're dangerous. Yeah. But we just ran one out, and Tedesco was nowhere to be seen around the play of the ball. And I think the only time in the first half we really generated any kind of momentum was one quick play of the ball. We did a quick two-pass to Pierce, who played direct and flat to Frizzell. Frizzell punched a hole in there, gave an offload to Dugan, and then he power-slammed himself on top and of knocked the ball. it on. And yeah. then late in the half again, he I thought Pierce threw a few, a few nice passes on the he edges did. and to our back rowers on both sides of the field. One to Cordner, which Cordner dropped, and the other one was that one where Dugan dropped it. So Yeah. Yeah, when he, when he had the chance to ball play a little bit, he, I think he came up with some good options, Pierce. Yeah, but in summing up that first half, honestly, you, you can't complete the way we did either. We completed at about 65%. They completed at 90 Possession was in their favour for that reason, and we'd won the penalty count. Our middles defensively and the amount of offloads we allowed and just errors. Errors was 7-3 and metres was almost 1,000 to 700 for this supposed pack that we're supposed to run all over and bully in. Hmm. No offence to Nathan Peets. Again, he's not the most creative number nine, but I think another part of the tactic, when, when now they've made these changes, which you know in game one wasn't a big factor, if you're not going to come out of nine at all and try and manipulate the markers and dish, dish, dish one out, which again with no support, just leaves you vulnerable. Yeah. It's going to be pretty easy all night to solve what's coming at you. Well, Pete's never had a chance. Like, people are saying he didn't run. Well, he didn't have a chance to run. No, he didn't have a chance to run, but I also don't think he tried to jump out at all. So, I, again, I'm putting that more into the tactics and we basically admitted at game one with the coaching. We brought him in here to dish and tackle. Yeah. And I can't understand that, but I thought they would have promoted him to run a little bit more. And game one, like I said, it was pretty easy and we mentioned that to dish and run and do your job. But we played an old pack. While the side's rolling forward, yeah. Yeah, and the other side of it, and I heard some people whinging yesterday on the radio about it, 
who do you pick? We'll talk about him, McInnes again. Not really creative number nines. You're not you're not dropping Pete. No, but people are attacking him yesterday. And I was quite surprised about it, saying he was inept. We really our forwards are inept. He we, plays behind the forwards. We really go back to where we started a million times. Our spine positions are not as strong as theirs, and as long as no. they've got the base of that spine there. Pierce, Reynolds, I don't care who you find. It's going to be an uphill battle as long as their forwards can do a job. Yeah. And they've done that during this series. But, um, yeah, first half was completely one-way traffic. We should have been down by four tries. The one that Smith had Morgan standing in front of him, they blew that one, and obviously Cronkwell went over top of the ball. It yeah, should have and then been... we, had, we had home score from the Cronk kick, yeah. which was a touch of class. Something but you could fix. Before that, the line the line break was Cordner. Cordner gave up his inside shoulder. Yeah, to Smith um, who to slid Smith, through. Yeah, and they score after that set. But again, the previous set, we kick it down their throat from a long kick. Um, the set before that, there was an error. So yeah. it comes back to what you do in the sets prior to give them that field position. and yeah. Just the general effort, though, like we talked about, the whack, the numbers in tackles, and just the summing up of us compared to them with that Gillette ball hitting him in the head. We all stood there, bitched him under the ref. The one person who yeah. picked the ball up was wearing a Queensland jumper. So first half, honestly, we didn't even have a sniff, and they were outstanding. Munster was really, really good. Uh, Slater, Proven on everything. I think Maguire, it, love him or hate him, you may not like him as a bloke, but he's a great footballer. And it probably summed up again the difference between us and them. Fafita took the first carry, who went and whacked him and went after him the whole game. Yeah, Maguire. And who was the one talking to the paper, I'm going to seek vengeance, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Yeah, What'd, you Fafita, do? And you What'd you do? What'd you do? Jack shit on the field. You did nothing. Yeah. Honestly. Well, in the first half, I had, I had our completions at 70%. This is my stats. Yeah. And I had... Only 40% of them were effective. So it was horrendous. First half was horrendous. I did effectives like you did involving kicks and set starts and all that. I had us at about 62, and that was – I didn't really count in uh, repeats and penalties. I don't give completions for that. I was just going on rolling. It depends how deep into the set you are. Yeah, and I went on their side of it. I had them at 85%. So, again, they're still almost 25% better than us on effective set ends and how they use the football. Uh, (laughs) Second half, honestly, and this probably sums up the whole game – we had one chance. We had one window. After those couple of blown tries, probably from about the 45th minute to the 60th, it was all there for us to have. It was a couple of sets start in the half, uh, but then things opened up because they made a couple of errors and gave us a look in. And when they gave us those couple of errors, we grabbed a couple of penalties. Um, basically, I'm going to call us the Bulldogs because that's who we were the other night. That's what our attack related to. We were shit on the one out, so our attack was poor, and then we scored off a kick. But... That kick in the 48th minute, which got Dugan uh, to score that try and put us at 12-6. Well, I thought it might have sparked us. You thought would have thought so, wouldn't you? Because after everything that had gone against us and having absolutely no sniff and no effort in the first half, the game was still there for us somehow. Mm. It shouldn't have been there. But a window opened up right there because there was three errors. Well, we come up with the best set of the game after that, after the yeah, try. We, we roll did. down the field. We look good. And again, we come up with this bullshit bomb to finish. Yep. Uh, and then that's when we started teeing up on him a little bit. Yeah, and then obviously Wade Graham uh, kind of killed that. But before he pulled that, well, sorry, they made an error actually, and they then did. we got a we got a penalty, and we had another uh, set had on their sets. line, and bomb to the corner. That Didn't was work. that was basically it though. After the try on the forty eighth, we got another error, which they made three or four in a row, and we got the penalty. So we had the two back to back sets. Yeah. We had a lot of one outs. Anytime we did a two-pass, it got shut down, and then our tactic was to kick to the corner. Well, but it's also this bullshit tactic of, well, we're going to have a settler, a one-out settler. We did three A one-out settler just allows Queensland to kill the ruck speed, which means that you're then trying to shift on a slow play the ball, which does not work. No, it doesn't work. But that was our only opportunity. After the 48th-minute try, they had three to four errors in a row. 
We got the penalty. We had those two sets. They scrambled, catch and kill, and they just absorbed like they always do. Yeah. On the back of that, uh, we went a couple of sets, but then Wade Graham pulled that football out. And in that 10-minute window kind of there where it was open for us at 12-6 after all their missed opportunities and the first time, they gave us a couple of back-to-backs and a penalty. Mm. He pulls well, that ball out. They get a great kick chase off Matt Gillette, who was outstanding all night pressuring Tedesco. He chops him down. We kind of start to lose that field possession again after a couple of set-to-sets. And in the 60th minute, which is only, I think, two sets later, is the moment where Pierce just rushed up for no apparent reason. And he did bit in and Munster goes through. He finds Cordner on home his own. Away. Yeah, he found Cordner on his own there. Stuck that fend out, which he's he's just underrated how strong he is. Yeah, he we made him look fucking good, but oh, still, yeah, he still stood in tackles with two front rows yeah, hanging did, off him all but, the time and offloaded. But um, that pass to Holmes, it was a little bit behind, but he was outstanding. Tedesco and Ferguson both overran him. Uh, that try there puts it at sixteen six, and that window that we had, despite all their dominance. Shut just like that. Yeah, we had that one opportunity kind of there, and um, from there onwards, it really wasn't positive because we brought those two middles back on for Feeder and Woods. That didn't make much of a difference. The go forward was still inept. The one outs were still inept, and then we get to that moment you were talking about where Hain was obstructed or bit in. I can see where you were coming from when I watched it again, but the more I watched it, he was literally in the pocket of his inside defender trying to hit Chambers the lead runner. And then he did flop. He was pretty smart about the way he did it. But mm. I would have been happy either way. I'm not going to defend it. But when I watched it a few more times... To me, was... watching it live, it was a clear obstruction. But right. it, it didn't affect the outcome of the game. No, nah, but the way me and you were sitting right now... And I... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Watched it again. He's literally come in three meters and parked next to the man to hit the lead runner. So um, if it yeah, Gillette's got to run to the space. Well, he was running to the hole. The hole closed. Mm. Okay, so I'm yeah. kind of with you on that, but either way, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, like, I could go either way. That's fine. I, I haven't really, yeah. I didn't watch the replay. I watched it about times, five or so. six times, and he kind of bites in, plants, sits to get him. But yeah. as soon as he realizes he's fucked up he's and Slater's fucked. going at the back, he dropped the arms and he does the outstanding Jared Hayne. Yeah, well, if that's the case, it's a bad defensive room. New South Wales players around him do as they always do start pointing fingers and looking for the blame. Slater obviously gets cleaned up by Pierce, who made a good effort backtracking there, and him and Bird covered up. Um, on the back end of that, though, I'm trying to think what happened. Oh, well, we moved yeah. the ball around, and no, then that's when Munster puts the grabber in on the last tackle. Yeah, and that was a very good kick. Again, underrated. Pierce, Pierce uh, cleaned that up. He, he made a good tackle on the back of that line break. He tackled Cronk, yeah. and then covered up the kick. And so, Bird was back there as well. Uh, yeah, and that's probably the other thing is the interchanges were a bit, bit odd. I thought, but um, well, as always, Munster forces that drop out. That's the only repeat set of the game, but. That was enough to finish the game off because after that, they make a couple of poor plays, a couple of one-outs get stuck, but on the fifth tackle, shift the football to Munster. He finds Cordner again, one-on-one, beats him, throws that hand grenade, but again, just the difference in attitude between us and them. Fafida, Woods are lingering around. Pete's is about 10 metres away from tying in the space where that ball is. Wallace is the one man there to pick that up, score that try. 22-6, New South Wales, series over. Mm. Um, And just summing up again the difference in team attitudes towards, you know, just origin the last decade in general, but this year and yep. the slow in decline of well, yeah, well that's right. The game side. the game was gone after um 
with 14 minutes to go. Yeah. So, and I thought out of the whole game, we dominated about six minutes. Yep. So and 74 minutes, Queensland were all over us. We honestly had that one winner, though. If you want to sum it up in everything, from the 45th minute to about the 55th, the three or four errors, the couple of penalties, and the try off the bomb, yeah. and us parked there, the only window we got was given to us by them. Yeah. They completely dominated the whole fixture. And if they scored the two tries in the first half, yeah, plus the one that they bombed one in the second half as well, I had that written down somewhere, it, they could have been five tries up. Before yeah. we even got that bomb, um, we honestly we, we would have been buried. It could have been an anything score, an absolute cricket score. But um, the rest of the game, the last ten, no, they bombed one down the right hand side. Slater threw a pass and yeah, Chambers, Chambers dropped it. He yeah. stuck that beautiful pass around the corner. Chambers yeah. had a go at it with one hand. I, don't I know still why. don't know whether they would have scored, but yeah, it was an opportunity. Yeah. Bombed. I don't know why. He, I watched that a few times. He sticks one hand out. Yeah. Just stick two hands out and grab it. Um, you got a much better opportunity, but. It was all over from there. But the last 10, again, even though the game was over, summed it up for me. For feeder off that short kickoff, like I said, the elbow bomb and the grubbery, he had lots of shit in the last 10 minutes, as did a few New South Wales players. But they scrambled a few times. We made line breaks. Tedesco had a chance to score. Pierce had a chance to score. They didn't give us a thing. Well, we went through, like, we've gone through a period there between game two and game three where we didn't score a point for 100 odd minutes. Nope. Um, yeah, absolutely inept. But... And in the end, that just comes back to we have one plan. This is our plan. We put it on the table in game one. It works. We try to run run the uh, table again in game two. They, they smarten up to it. And then, stupidly, we don't make any adjustment for game three. We run the same plan out again, and look what happens. Yeah. In the second half... It's all about adjustments. Second half summed up what I said. We, they gave us basically everything. They gave us all the field position. We had 62% of the territory. Uh, the penalties were about the same. Meters were about the same. We had the offload 7-2. Uh, but the missed tackles again, the defence side of things, we missed 15 compared to eight, and errors they made six, and you know were a bit sloppy in the second half, but it did make a difference. They took, they they just beat us fair and square. And in the overall summary of the game, um, it was basically 50-50 in possession and territory penalties. We won the penalty count, so there's no complaints there. Anyone can't complain about that. But we were completely dominated, like we said in the middle. It was basically 700 meters, 1700 to 1300, six line break to one, and defensively their attitude, their aggression. The numbers they got in, there was 32 misses by New South Wales to 11. That's just disgraceful. But this, and this bullshit tactic of bombing, it's not the first series we've done it. We've no. done it for three or four years in a row. It's... And what's Matt Parrish doing? He's been there for pretty much the entirety of Daly's tenure. He hasn't given him the tap on the shoulder and said, hey, Laurie, this isn't fucking working. No. Right? Peter Sterling, I, I don't understand how that works as a selection advisor. Look, and this, I'll, I'll throw Queensland in, in with this as well because I thought Queensland completely threw Kevin Walters under the bus when Lockyer came out and said, DCE only needs a, needs a man of the match performance. Comes out, gets man of the match, then they don't pick him. It made Kevin Walters look like a niff-nuff. Uh, to, to, have a, to need a selection advisor at the elite level of the game, if it's the, if it's the most elite level, which we acknowledge it is, Origin then you need to have your most elite coaches coaching. And unfortunately, I don't think either either state has their most elite coach coaching that side. Um, and then to stick these selection advisors around them, uh, particularly Peter Sterling, who's on TV. Look, I, I, I respect Sterling as a commentator, but Queensland, the same. Lockie is on TV giving comments. I don't understand it. The coach should pick the team, not the selectors. Um, who, who can then just go on TV, take no responsibility for it at all and have any comment they want to make in regards to the selections. I, I mean, there were times there where Sterlow said a few things about Wade Graham. Oh, well, he did that in game two as well. They're like, well, don't make that comment. You're on the selection yeah. uh, panel, so you should have given that advice to Laurie. Don't then backhanded, you know, yeah. slap him in the commentary. 
Um, I, I just think we've got to have a professional coach for the most professional and elite team. And to me, it's Craig Bellamy. I don't care if he's a storm coach. I don't care if he's not full-time because I'm confident that Craig Bellamy could sit down with a crayon and come up with a better fucking game plan than what Laurie Daly did for the last five years in five minutes. No, easily. I'm, I'm confident. I'm not arguing. I'm very, very confident. There's an argument. Look, Matt Parrish has got to fucking go because he's been there five years as well. The whole staff's got to go. John Cartwright I'll give a pass to because it's his first series there. Yep. So, look, I'm not going to go in. And nothing personal here, but Parrish has been there a long time, minimal success. Um, he was I don't know. Stewart I'd, as well, wasn't he? I don't understand why there's no ruck speed. Why, why we can't generate any ruck speed when it's widely acknowledged that we, for the most part, have a better forward pack. Even uh, A bigger forward pack. Well, that's that's the thing. Uh, the tactics are just dog shit. Look, I'm over talking about the bombs to end our sets, um, but we ne- we never ever tried to get a repeat set in that game or throughout the series. No, I'd love to know grass. how many how many repeat sets we had during the series because to win big games you need to build pressure, yeah. and we 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 built zero pressure. Or... The other one was fuck. We we didn't target uh, Holmes with a bomb. No. He came up with the errors uh, in game two. He's the smallest one at the back too. He is where he is the jumper that Dugan jumped over to score the try. We never went there. Um, I thought Morgan jumped in all night. Whenever whenever we went there with some sort of set play, and they weren't executed very well. No, nah, because we had but no roll on. Morgan jumped in every time at centre um, and and bit in, which was fine because it worked because our execution wasn't great. But if we could have formulated good plays, particularly if we could have come down there with a four v three down a short side and actually made made him make a defensive decision, I think we would have really um, we would have really tested him out. I just they just ate up our basic bullshit one up structured crap with three in like you said the Melbourne sort of style. Uh, Laurie Daly needs to go. He's had one series win in five. The side got worse as it went on. We had the same seventeen. He's got zero excuses. He's, He's got little answers post match. Nothing. NRL three sixty last night. He comes up with nothing. No. No. Oh well, we just gave away too oh. many penalties and too many errors. We're all to blame. Give us we're a fucking reason, man. Yeah, we're all to blame. Be a coach and tell us what the hell went went wrong. I thought our preparation was good. I thought this was good. Well, it obviously wasn't fucking good enough because the side they were awful. It's the most inept performance I've ever seen. It's the most embarrassing series loss in New South Wales history. It is. After the start we had. Like outside of that, outside of the last decider where we got flogged by 50, 56, 60 points. Yeah. And I'm also. Which he's got to own as well. And this is the other thing where I think they do a better job of picking people with character and guys that fit into their team. I reckon a lot of our players, and we said it after game one, buy into all the bullshit in the paper. When we Why? Were, this is the next dynasty. We're so dominant. We haven't won one all, series. All the rubbish that came afterwards and all the talk, and then we lost game two, and then we come and dish this shit up in game three. Yeah, but to me, they just don't play with any passion, or any emotion, any any pride in the jersey. I, I feel as though at times I've got more passion than some of the guys that are out there on the oh, field. I think all it, of the fans. It absolutely it pisses me right off. Um, and the swagger that our forwards have, Fafita and Woods, oh. and they like, Guys, you've done nothing. If you, anybody you, wants... Fafita, look, Fafita was the best player on the field in the grand final last year. Yeah. Sweet. He was outstanding in game one, but he fluffed it in game two and game three. So to even mention him in the same breath as Arthur Beetson is a, is a disgrace and uh, an insult to Arthur Beetson because he has not earned that right. No. Uh, he needs to be a leader, dominate an origin series, and until he does that, then his name should not be mentioned in any breath well, anywhere main, near Arthur Beats. The main one there and the one I pick out, anyone that wants to argue with me about Aaron Woods anymore, or well, I think I've got my case closed. Yeah. Uh, I, and the fact that he was even considered to be our captain is a fucking disgrace. Yeah. And Bulldogs, have fun with the million dollars you spent on him.
packer for seven hundred thousand, you may have blipped that. But you tell me I can have packer for seven hundred or Woods for a million. I'll take okay. packer for seven hundred. Yeah. All right. And front rowers, and I said this to you on the uh, after the game on what well, Wednesday night, right? Which one of our front rowers genuinely strikes fear in you, and genuinely you just go, oh, I don't want to tackle this guy. I don't want to tackle well, Clemmer. Clemmer to a degree. At least he charges right, with yeah. his forearms and gets yeah. his, he gets into it. I don't it. particularly want to tackle Clemmer. No. But Woods, I'll, I'll tackle him all day. He's a taunting. Trebojevic, great player, he's but he's not... He's, yeah, yeah. He, he needs to be... Like, he, him paired up with Clemmer is perfect because yeah. he adds that little bit of skill. Clemmer adds the intimidation. That's a good little pairing. But Woods and Fafita... Honestly, Man. after what we got the other night moving forward, uh, Fafita will be given another chance. He's way too dynamic, and I think a bit of tactical change could help him out with the way we play. Mm. But if Woods is selected again, I'm not here. The fact that Vaughney was overlooked this year, the fact that McLean was 18th man in front of a couple of guys, I look at their side, and I said this at the start, they're not that big, but they're mobile. Mobile yeah. is not a bad option. And I wanted DeBellin on the bench. I honestly would have been happy to have DeBellin. Locke is just an extra middle these days. And yeah. the difference in his carry, he would have carried Buddy Hart. I would have rather Paul Gallon go around again than have Aaron Woods. Aaron Woods is horrible. And um, Look, Maloney and Pierce, kicking was terrible, yeah. but I'm going to put that down to a tactic because they both don't kick like that at club. No, they don't right? kick that at club. The um, Roosters have the most forced dropouts this season and more of the share of that is Pierce is not Kiri's, if I'm correct. Yeah, and their running game just wasn't there. They're, they're, both their strengths is He's their running. running game. And... That that's a criticism. I, I'm happy to give that criticism. I also yeah. didn't think they really, but this also created much. Like a, on, it's got to get to a point where, like, if it was Johns and Fitler or Kamali and Fitler or you know those those halves that were so good for New South Wales, it gets to a point where the coach's game plan isn't working. No, so you need to just chuck it out the window Take and come up with some footy. Yeah, like, but these guys. Don't have the ability to play what's in front of them. No. They're just so structured. We're just going to run it this way, run it this way, even though it's not working. Yeah, they just keep doing it. Same um, as the kick tactic, same as all of it. But yeah, we just I needed needed to see more running out of Pearson Maloney. And it, look, I, I, that goes back to your forwards. Like yeah, I was going to say, on the flip of what you said, though, I'm not going to give them as much grief because our forward pack just didn't lay no. the platform for them to do what was needed. And I mean, the last probably the last talking point to come out of the game was Andrew Johns. Right? They asked him if he's going to Fatty Vaughton of all people, like. I don't have a great respect for what Fatty says in terms of his intelligence around the game and coaching and knowing who needs to be there. I respect him as a player and as an ex-footballer and as a commentator, yeah, for sure. So I don't want to bag the shit out of Fatty, but for him to ask Andrew Johns if he wants to be the coach, like Andrew Johns hasn't coached a side. Um, he does a little bit of consultancy coaching at the Roosters. Yes, for halves. Look, he, he's not the answer as a head coach. No way in this world is he the answer as a head coach. You but, but... I think he would be the perfect assistant coach. Yeah, because he can give the halves what they need. And he's got that passion. You saw him on that desk the other night. He was filthy and the reason that I, they got beat. I agree with you there is the other part of it. And the second part of what he said, I don't need that pressure in my life. Somebody that basically says that is telling you right now. That I don't want to do it. Yeah, they shouldn't be doing that job. Um, I think there's been suggestions. Minicello brought up they should have Joey, Freddie and Fitzgibbon because they're all involved in a rep scene. He can do a bit with the halves. Freddie's done some Yeah, but then who's stuff, going to be the head man? Well, that's what I'm They need about. a head man. They need and someone there with a bit of authority that's going to make these guys accountable. Yeah. Um, the only other person that was really 
throwing up someone through Badiris up because he did no two way. first grade games, but same deal. You've done a couple of junior games. It's not a full time. Let's can this bullshit ex player mentality. Well, this is our, get your best coaching. This was our idea. What we're talking about the other week. Kevin Walters at least has been in systems. He coached overseas. He's come back. He's been a Storm assistant. He's been a Broncos assistant. Yeah. He got the best out of those halves. He's actually got a background. He's been coaching the last five, six, even longer than that, probably the last eight years. Yeah. He's actually been coaching. Whether you like him or not, he's not just an ex-player. He's been involved in sides that have been in grand finals in the past five seasons. Yeah. That's the difference. Um, and we were saying it right there and there, and someone else brought it up on Twitter, and I answered the same way. No more ex-player, icon-friendly bullshit. We need a coach, yeah. an actual coach, not someone who's friends with the team, someone who's going to come in and say, this is what we're fucking doing. This is yeah. how you play football. I'm the boss. This is the plan. I'm picking my side. Yeah, I'm is, running my plays. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Even their staff in general I talk about. We still have Blocker and these guys going to camp. I respect and love what everyone's done for New South Wales, but a bunch of people fucking loitering around getting some free gear for a couple of weeks and talking shit about what you did 20 years ago doesn't fix the fucking it problem. It doesn't help the team. They've had Hagen, on the field. you got Seabold, you've got all these guys that have been involved with Broncos, Storm, Cowboys, all these gun sides, all these good cultures, all these guys who've got their finger in the pie of coaching and current football. And we brought in Peter Sterling, who, again, much like you, commentator, uh, play all the bits and pieces. I respect him, and maybe on the selector side of things, but coaching and tactics, what's he done? Well, he, he hasn't coached he ever. The background. He's, I think he's taught before that he got offered a job in maybe 87 or something after he retired, which is 20-something years ago. Yeah. He doesn't have his hand on the pulse of how things are right now. Freddie and these guys doing some of this junior rep stuff, they may have some idea, but they're not involved in clubs. They haven't done an assistance job. They're not involved in the full-time day-to-day sort of things. The only one is the one you mentioned before, which is John Cartwright. And he's done a good job at North Queensland. He's doing a good job helping at Manly right now. But as far as the head coach job, I wouldn't give it no. to him either. Someone's mentioned bringing Tuvi back from Bradford. No. I wouldn't do that either. His time at Manly, he's still had a pretty good side. Um, well, there's two. It's Bellamy or Robinson for me. They're the two. Well, the other thing here, and the only other part I agree on, and a few people brought it up, and I thought about it more myself. I know it's near the back end of the career, but he's got a lot invested on the other side of it with Queensland having six Melbourne players, and in particular Spine. So I don't know if he'd really want to expose that. Then again, I don't think he can expose it. There's no video there when I think about I it. Don't that understand everyone, what you're like you're exposing. We expose. We everybody's seen in it. game one. No, but like, everybody's seen what the spine does, all the plays, all the bits and pieces. They still haven't. It's stopped like it. It's like there's some big secret to Melbourne. There's not. There's, there's not. This, this, the seat. The strength uh, of the of the wolf is the pack, is the, and the strength yeah. of the pack is the wolf. Like you. you it's stupid. It's a stupid excuse to not give Bellamy the, yeah. the job. Like to think that we're gonna he's gonna give away some big secret on how to stop Cameron Smith. Tell you how you fucking stop Cameron Smith. You stop the Ford pack. Yeah. That's you, how you stop Cameron Smith. Every time he posts, and every he time knows. he comes out, you flog him. Yeah, you don't. And every time him. he kicks, you put him on his back. Same as going back to what I said about Woods. That moment where he was offside, fourth tackle, forty out, and he just brushed him and lifted his hands up. He should have fucking ripped him by the jersey, rode him to the ground, copped the penalty, and reset. What did they do when they're under the pump on their line? Gave away a penalty, reset, backed themselves in. What did Woodsy do? Brushed your side out, you're offside. Whoop, I put my hands up. Just run, Cameron. Yeah. Run, and they almost scored off the back of it. Um, but in general, like I said, it's very, very sad when it comes to, again, just generally looking at our attitude, the what we dished up and the culture. It hasn't changed at all. It's dog shit. Um, just, 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 and for me, look, what Boy Corner did post-match was fantastic. Yeah. The way he spoke about Smith... And Thurston, Thurston and the Crump. Queensland side and the respect that he showed, yep. that's a massive step forward because I think Gallon sort of stoked the fire a lot with that with his abrasiveness in his leadership. Yep. And I don't think it really helped us out. I think it probably give gave Queensland ammunition. I like the way that Courtney did that. I think he's a leader of the future. I don't think he was fit. I think Laurie Daly's best decision in his five years was putting Courtney in as captain. Yep. That's like 
Thank tip, God tip he didn't my, pick Woods. Tip my hat to uh, Laurie in that regard. That's that's a good call. Yeah. But he's got to go. Um, and outside of that, I mean, after the game, you've had a lot of people go up there, spend a lot of money, travel. A lot of people watching, invested, just want to see the side play well, and you do not give them anything. Yeah. Because either A, you got your head too far inserted up your backside, or B, you don't know what went wrong and you don't know how to fix it. Yeah. Either way, come out and be honest with us. Yeah. Well, all I can say is basically what you said. Uh, I thought Cameron Smith was very classy in the way he spoke, what he did with uh, first, and the way he handles himself in general. Same as it was proved last year in that grand final. But um, yeah. yeah, on the flip side of that, Cordner. His thoughts with Thurston, his respect to the Queensland team, Kevy Walters, and then he made mention of Cronk, even though if we don't know if he's playing next year. So definitely did the right thing there with him. Um, I think probably moving on from that, it's been a very successful year from them when you look at it from the outside in. They started this series, like I said, no GI, no Scott, no JT. Turned over Miles, Slido, Lilliman, Oates, Guerra, eight debutants in Holmes, Hunt, Munster, Hess, Glasby, Milford, Wallace, Napa. Moving into next year, if Cronk's not there and Thurston's not there, it's not really a big deal because you probably you can still going to have Smith spearheading it. Um, they had all these blokes that kind of missed out that we've spoken of before. You got Norman waiting, you got Thurston, Hunter was on the bench. Probably comes in if that's the way Walters wants to coach, and he had him on the bench there with Munster. Fullback, I bet Slater plays on, and he does play there again. If not, they've got Boyd. Their back line stocked. I said before, and I will stick by it, they're probably a little bit lighter on the forwards, but those that's more depth. That's not the actual players. That's just depth if they got a couple injuries. Mm. But Felice Kafusi's there waiting in the wings, and I'm sure there'll be a couple more pop their heads up because that's just what they keep doing. But they've almost regenerated this side quicker than we've regenerated um, and just transitioned. And I guess having those plays makes it so much easier for people like Munster to come in and those forwards to come in and they do their job when you see Smith, you see Cronk. You see Slater. But the turning point was Kevy biting the bullet after giving those guys the right of reply because they won the series last year. Mm. They failed. Fresh legs came in the forward pack. Billy came back in. You put together the big three and JT for the game. And then the last game, you brought in the most successful culture and club combination, which is going around. Number one in attack, number two in defense in the Melbourne Storm. Mm. And that spine came in, did the job. The forward packs did their job and we were beaten. Yeah. Um, it's pretty sad, but same 17 for us. We failed. No changes, no growth, and no answers. And moving forward next year, on the minimum, I'm not going to talk about it now because obviously a lot of things have to play, but on the absolute minimum, Brett Morris is gone. I would have brought Trebojevic in, and if Ferguson, he'll probably get the right of reply for his Australian jersey because he's done that job, but if Mansour gets anywhere near back his best, because at the moment I think he's been bad on the high ball, yardage work's been pretty good. See, I didn't think Brett Morris was that bad. The other I didn't one. think he was that bad, but he's older and he's done. If you're telling me him or Tom Trevojevic before game one... Yeah, we'll just if, see who's fit. If he, I, it's hard to speculate now. Yeah, I know that, but I'm year. just more saying there's three changes minimum, at least, that I'm making, and mm. that's Morris, Hayne, and Woods. And that would have been Bird playing in the centres, which I wanted originally, Trebojevic on the wing, and I don't know how we didn't get Vaughn in there to mm. start with. And if it's not going to be him, I'd still prefer Regan Campbell-Gillard. I'd prefer McLean. I'd prefer DeBellin. I'd prefer Finucane, for Christ's sake, playing middle. I think I think DeBellin's got to be one that goes in. He has to go in. He has to go He's in. got ball playing. He's got footwork. He's a great defender. He does all the little things right, and he's mobile. Our Woods, laterally, defensively, and just all in general, is a slug, mm. and he's lazy. And he flops in, and he doesn't win any first contact. But those are probably the three minimum changes uh, for me. Yeah. And on their side of things... Yeah, whether Kronk's there or not. We're just going to have to wait and see. It's just wait and see, but they're going to come back. And 
just summing up, like I said, players I want to give a rap to from Game 3 from New South Wales. There's not many, but I thought if I was going to give a rap to anyone, I thought Clement did his job. I thought Trebojevic was pretty good. And Tedesco was well contained, but I thought he tried. Um, Corden made a couple of errors, a couple of bad reads, but considering his injury, he tried. Frizzell tried with all the needles, but other than that, not many. Queensland, you can highlight everyone. But in particular, all the spine players were sensational. In particular, Smith. The unsung hero, again, I've got a newfound respect before we finish up here, is Gavin Cooper. I thought yeah. Gavin Cooper made 58 tackles in game two and defended his club halfback. And then in game three, he did just some some of the first up contact, some of the carries. He played that dirty line off Munster anytime things broke down. Matt Gillette's kick chase. He's just a savage. Mm. Napa, Wallace, all these guys. And Glasby, game two, the way he came back and dished up, no missed tackles, over 100 metres. They all just did their job. And whether yeah. you like the Ben Hunt decision or not, they didn't even need to play Ben Hunt to beat us. That's how bad we were. Bring up whatever you want about it was conspiracy insurance. theories and all the other bullshit you want to talk insurance. about with Cherry Evans. They beat us. Yeah. They beat it was us insurance for an injury in the halves. Um, congratulations to Queensland again. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah. New South Wales, back to the drawing board. Yep. <sighs> Out of your system, mate. Get a new coach. All good. Get well, there you coach. go. You've got it from us here at the fifth and last. It's a couple of days late, but in-depth, very angry. New South Wales, possibly a couple of changes next year. Still need a culture change, but more than anything, we've been talking about over and over and over again. We need a new coach, bro. Laurie Daly needs to sit down and just say, look, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no fucking idea what's going on. I've just been sitting here for the last couple of years talking about passion, which we had none of, and putting up bombs. And at training, I put little grubber kicks into the corner and hang around in my shorts and blow the whistle every now and then. Mm. Seriously. Uh, like I said, I don't want to hang too much on him. Again, like I said. No, we, like as a player we, and as a yeah, guy, we only no play he's good, but... Everything we do here is more for comedy purposes. As a player, outstanding. Yeah. Absolutely outstanding. Origin, Australia. I respect him. Club for, oh, 100%. I just don't think he's the answer. He's not a coach, coach, though. He's not a coach. Simple and that's that. just been blunt and honest. He hasn't coached anything. He shouldn't have a job like this. And I think we've said it. Legacy players and icons don't deserve coaching gigs just for the sake of what they did on the field. Yeah. We've seen how many of them have failed before playing first grade. Just about every good first grade coach who played first grade was an average first grader. Yeah. They're the blokes that are smarter, more attentive, do all the little things, all the detail. Um, there's not many guys that have transitioned successfully. So that's probably us in summary. It's a couple of small changes, but definitely better tactics and a better attitude and just culture. Because at the moment, we're still getting shit on by a team and a culture that just keeps turning up, doing all the one percenters and wanting it more than we do. Mm. And it's pretty fucking sad. Yep. Sorry, New South Wales fans. Full congratulations to the Queensland fans out there. 11 of the last 12. The dominance continues. The tears continue for us Blues fans. And we have to wait. Another 12 months. But that sums us up, Boxhead. We're all done and dusted. Done. For this year, that's our origin review. For everybody out there, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.